Welcome to Decent Rowing Podcast number seven. Uh, last week we talked about boat speed and specifically uh, not doing things to slow the boat down and consistency in your training. Uh, this week we're going to talk a bit about resource allocation and basically how you make uh, lots of athletes fit into a, a school or club program where there's limited uh, equipment, limited resources. So, um, yeah, what were we thinking? Well, I know it sounds like a really tedious topic, but it's actually absolutely critical. Because if you find that you end up with a lot of athletes and not enough resources, then you'll find that you'll have less athletes rowing, you'll get worse outcomes, they won't be able to learn properly, it just doesn't work. I've been helping with a school program in the last couple of years, uh, on and off, uh, not as a coach, but more as uh, just assisting with programs and the like. And one of the things that uh, I've seen very clear from my perspective, is that uh, the ergo is a, a useful device and it's not used well enough. And you'll find that, and that's mostly because of allocation of resources. Now, if you think about a typical school or club system, they end up with under 13, 14, 15, 16 open athletes, sometimes not quite so many, and a lot of them have boys and girls and keep them in separate streams, which is understandable and I, uh, I think the system generally works. One particular case I saw, they had uh, 24 athletes in uh, an underage, I think it was under 14 girls. Now to deal with that many athletes in one group when you've got limited amount of coaches, limited amount of boats, limited amount of ergos is really difficult. So what's really important in this is to make sure that you get the best education outcomes with that equipment. Now. The thing I'd like to focus on particularly is ergos. Uh, often you'll find that schools have quite a lot of boats. Uh, indeed, with 24 athletes going out, then you uh, end up with four or five quads and you're on the water, and that's not so bad. But it's a lot easier to teach athletes on an ergo, particularly in the early stages, how to row properly, how to get their posture correct, how to take the catch, etc. So the issue often is that you've got uh, an ergo room with a number of ergos in it and it tends to get used mostly after school and you'll find that therefore you've got five sessions a week that you can use an ergo. Now if you think about that and you've got uh, under 14, 15, 16 and open and boys and girls and you've got five sessions a week available that means that essentially they get to use an ergo if you spread it out evenly they get to use an ergo maybe once a week, uh, maybe not that often. And that to me is a, a way that we're not dealing with uh, the resource in the way to get the best education outcomes. So we should move things around. Now, when you were at school, Lachlan, I guess they weren't doing a lot of ergo work. You'd have a number of ergos at the shed and you'd use them only periodically. Well, we only had a, I think we only had a couple of ergos at the shed and they were basically... Uh, for maybe like a warm-up, like literally one or two at our rowing sheds. We did have a gym at the school, and that probably had about six or seven ergos. It definitely wasn't enough for our whole eight to train train on, and essentially the the ergos at the, the school were mostly reserved for the senior athletes. Like the junior athletes barely ever uh, used it. Uh, maybe there was a little bit of instruction given on the ergos at the sheds. Uh, maybe, you know, if someone's trying to get a certain bit of technique right, but um, generally speaking, they weren't really used by anyone other than the senior athletes to, uh, to train with. And, um, and the senior yeah. athletes would be mostly using them as a work tool. 
yeah yeah it was it was just you know that there was a clear understanding that you were on it to become fitter uh, not so much technique they were rarely ever supervised um, it was mostly run by the the older kids just to try and make sure that the rest of the crew was doing enough work so come race day you'd be fit enough and um, yeah not much attention was paid to technique although you know there was a little bit but mostly the technique was focused on the water and that was the way it was. And it's very difficult, uh, and I see schools grapple with this a lot, <clears throat> uh, it's a lot easier to teach someone how to row well, particularly in their early, uh, early years, and teach them technique on an ergo. Particularly about, as I say, shoulder lift, uh, when to drive, uh, posture, all those sorts of aspects. So what I think that schools should consider doing is uh, firstly, the easy answer would be to say, well, if we're going to buy a new boat for $30,000, if you bought $30,000 worth of ergos, you're going to get a lot of ergos instead of a boat. And I would argue, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but I would argue that you're better off to buy more ergos and less boats. Yeah, and, and we're not talking about uh, necessarily them doing work on it. So no. like, uh, you know, being able to get the heart rate up, stay in certain zones. We're talking about technique. So any ergo will do any old concept too you know pick it up for a hundred dollars two hundred dollars like a really old one yeah. one that just basically works yeah, you know for the you know the ones with the the metal big chunky metal flywheels you know they're, they're all perfect for this exact purpose and you could you know you can get heaps of you could probably get 10 of them for the price of one you know new concept too and, and a new concept too is pretty similar to an old concept too except for the technology that's in the screen yeah it's a lot more accurate at measuring power yeah. it's um you know excellent but but they don't measure technique very well well and, no that you know if you look at any gym you know 98 percent of ergos or something like that aren't used by by rowers so you know it's uh, not surprising that we sort of view it as a fitness tool not a technique tool exactly and one of the first things that I do in coaching beginners on an ergo, the first thing I do almost invariably is, is put the screen away so they can't see it. Because if the screen's in front, then they tend to focus on the screen and what the numbers are, whereas the reality is we're just trying to learn how to row properly. And so you're quite right, Lachlan. There's, there's lots of ergos out there. They don't have to be concept twos. It's really just get a lot of ergos. And then, very importantly, when you're teaching, no, when you're having athletes use ergos try to avoid doing it unsupervised it's like the concept of having a crew go for a row by themselves and teach themselves how to row we're not very confident of getting a good outcome and on an ergo one of the worst things you can do with beginners in particular is to put them on an ergo and ask them to do a heap of work on an ergo without getting their technique right yeah or, or get them to row at a certain split make them match a certain amount of watts you'll find that you find some very interesting techniques on an ergo that are actually impossible to do on the rowing in the, in the rowing boat. So you'll find people, you know, will try and get the longest stroke possible because that's the way to get a good score on a concept too. You know, if you look at um, the Australian that broke the world record, uh, you know, a few years ago, uh, you know, he leans back so far, he's almost got the handle in his teeth by the time he finishes <laughs> by the time he finishes the rowing stroke and you know it's you know he can't row a single like that he can pull a good score on a 2k but you know that's that's not the rowing we're talking about we're talking about rowing on the water not on an ergo so it's important to instill in the athletes you have to row on the ergo like you will row on the water otherwise you're going to run into all sorts of trouble trying to fit the two worlds together when you actually get in the boat 
absolutely critical and you want them to row together. The, one of the things that makes a boat go fastest is having the crew row together as a crew. And if they have different techniques because they've self-educated on an ergo, then when they get into a boat, they're going to have different techniques in a boat and then you're going to get a slower boat. So the critical thing with ergos is that I suggest you have a, a lot of them and when you're using them, make sure that they're supervised sessions. I think you'll find that uh, if you have the ergos, if you can do it, near where you row from, that's a big advantage because often we find, particularly with crews rowing, uh, beginner crews in particular, underage crews, that if the water's really bad, then they can't go out on the water. And so what are you going to do instead? And an ideal session is to have an ergo session where you can have at least half of the athletes on the ergo and half watching and learning by watching and teach them how to row properly on an ergo. So uh, I think ergo, ergos are often underrated. They're often thought of as a machine to do a lot of work and to make people fit. The reality is if you can't row well on an ergo, then you're not going to use it to get fit. A bit the same as rowing in a boat. If you're not able to row well on a boat, then it's not a good tool to get fit. Uh, it's learning how to row properly is very important. So the resource allocation becomes something very significant in relation to ergos. And I think it's very important to have the ergos uh, available, have them able to be used. But remember, it's mostly about education, not about work. And so as Lachlan said, when he was at school, the ergos were used more by the senior people from a work perspective, unsupervised. And the reality is their best use uh, is for in you know, an education concept is to have them used by the beginner crews uh, in a supervised fashion. I was lucky enough to be in on the first ergo session some under 13s had at school last year and we started off the session there were probably five coaches there and about 15 children so it was good sort of numbers and we taught them just about posture and how to take the catch correctly. It's the first ergo they'd ever been on really gratifying for me about three days later I saw two of them uh, on an ergo just practicing by themselves because they were filling in time and they were rowing really well because they learned it right from the beginning so the ergo is a tremendous tool for teaching athletes to row properly and I think we should make sure that we try to use it more and more to have one session on an ergo uh, in two week period and have five sessions on the water or so in that same period you, you'll find it's a lot easier to educate the athletes, in fact, if you had half and half. Yeah. I mean, you've got to try and keep it as interesting as possible for the rowers and, you know, they'll want to, they'll want to get on the water as, as much as possible. But uh, especially at a beginner level, uh, it's hard to teach certain things in the rowing boat, uh, whereas it's very easy to teach them on the land, on an ergo. So, yeah, just, just trying to get a good balance between actually teaching them how to row and <laughs> them having a good time it's um yeah it's it's i think yeah what we're saying is just include the ergo a bit more and don't look at it so much as a you know a fitness training tool which is great for by the way but um you know it can do so much more and it's very underutilized in our in our systems at the moment absolutely and uh, the other thing to think about too uh, if you have an hour and a half allocated for rowing for example in a junior category hour and a half to two hours so they turn up at the sheds at, at um, 3.30 and they finish by 5.30 then that's two hours out of their day and by the time you get them on the water and, and do some work and come back again and educate them a bit then you've used up the two hours. 
If you had those same athletes at lunchtime at school and you gave them 15 minutes each on an ergo that was supervised and educating them on how to row properly, you'd find you will get enough benefit out of that. You don't need to do a two hour ergo session or even a half hour ergo session for, at that level. It's really about using the resources for a short period of time for a solid bit of education before they lose interest in it, then it's not boring and they like to do it and you'll get better outcomes on the water every time. Yeah, and if you've only got a certain amount of ergos and you need to sort of economize how they're used, um, I'd recommend using them as a technique training tool primarily. Like, so if someone needed work on their technique, they get priority on the ergo. And if you want some fitness, you know, get them to go for a run Absolutely. or get them, if they're experienced enough, go out for a row in a, in a boat. Yeah. Uh, usually you'll find there's lots and lots of boats that just don't get rowed ever. Um, maybe regattas like, you know, fours, different eights, pairs, you know, doubles. They, you know, people often row their singles or at school they row, row the eight, um, especially in a club environment. So, you know, try and make the most out of your equipment by, um, you know, using using the ergos where they're, they're most needed so probably at the junior levels and um, you know focus on more specific training for the athletes that are at higher levels that are trying to win an a, a race in an actual boat not an ergo and uh, you know get them rowing the boat well as opposed to the ergo well i've often heard the adage that ergos don't float and whilst it's a bit of a flippant statement uh, ergos are really useful in teaching you how to row but be mindful that the aim of the ergo is to, in this context, is to teach people how to row better in a boat. Yeah, every senior coach has seen an athlete that has an extremely good ergo score, but, you know, can't perform on the water. So it's it's not hard to understand where that saying comes from. You know, that a boat is very complex compared to an ergo. And if you row an ergo, uh, if you row a boat the same way you row an ergo and you you know, at leaning back too far, you, you know, you have to pay attention to, you know, what your oars are doing. You, know, you probably won't make the transition very well. And you can be absolutely brutal into the catch on an ergo yep. without doing any damage at all, pretty yeah. much. Especially the fixed ergos, they really take away a lot of feel, you know, um, and that's another thing that, you know, if a program does have some sliders, like they were in fashion for a while, then they're out of fashion, um, you know, sliders are the best chance you've got of turning a concept to fixed ergo into something that resembles a boat and so you should always take that opportunity if you can Absolutely. you know you, you definitely shouldn't have them you know stored in a cupboard somewhere just no. going to waste absolutely not and remember small sessions short sessions are fine especially with beginner athletes they tend to not have the attention span to want a long session anyway so i'd go with the short session the other thing that's important too is to have the right number of coaches for the number of ergos. I mentioned before we had about 15 athletes and five coaches. Now, that's a bit of a luxury in a lot of programs and we were just lucky that day, I guess. The, so we had one coach for three athletes. If you can organize something like that and have a session that runs for 20 minutes, then you'll get a pretty powerful outcome. Now, a resource that's often not used is other people who don't know how to row. For example, lots of parents. And you'll find that, in, particularly in the ergo space, uh, in our, on our website, we've got a free course there on how to row on an ergo. And what I'd suggest you do, and it's, it's just subscribe to our email list, which is free as well, and you get access to that. What you can very easily do, and it's designed for this, is to, for example, let's teach posture today. So you can uh, run a short video, about five minutes, to educate the parents who are attending with their children. 
on what we're trying to do. You can give them a page out of the PDF booklet that's with it that says these are the postures we're looking for and then you can ask them all to help coach. And you'll find very quickly they can help with that process in a controlled environment. If you've got two or three coaches and uh, two or three parents there, then you'll find as a group you can do a really good job in a short session coaching beginners on ergos. Yeah, there's, there's a, actually there's a lot of effort that went into that rowing course. We've done an indoor rowing course and an on-water rowing course, broken down into what we think are nice, easy steps, lots of photos, lots of, lots of drawings, just trying to make it as easy as possible for people to, to you know, download, distribute, teach, uh, and you know, get people involved that might be on the sidelines, like those interested parents or you know, the, those who are willing to help out but aren't quite sure where to start. We try and make it really easy with these rowing courses, how to do that. So if it's something that you need in your program, uh, we'd recommend checking it out. And, you know, if you've got any questions, just shoot us an email. Uh, you know, that's easy. Absolutely. Because and with those courses, uh, uh, they're designed for parents or other people. And it could be senior students. It could be other students in the school, other teachers in the school. Uh, masters in the club. Uh, all they need to do is to is to watch these short videos and then uh, work with a coach maybe in the group, but they could in fact do it without. It's, they're very self-explanatory. Uh, I started coaching, uh, I rode at school, and I started coaching when Lachlan and Emma were at school and there were not enough coaches and so I stepped up. And the biggest fear that a lot of other people have about, or a lot of people have about coaching uh, children is if you're a parent then coaching your own child and making getting it wrong well that's just what parenting's about but uh, if you're going to coach someone else's parent children then people are concerned that they don't know how to do it properly and so we built that resource one of the particular purposes of it was to give people who would like to help are keen to help like to help their children like to help the school like to help the club that don't feel they've got the skills to do so to break it up in a way where they can get those skills and, and do a really good job of it. Yeah, it's designed to start from people starting from scratch too. You really wouldn't have to know anything about rowing to, to, to start learning with, with this, this course. And you know, we try to make it as succinct and you know, brief as, as, as it can be. And uh, yeah, we've got videos that go along with it too that are, that are you know, free once you sign up to the email list, which is also free. But the, the reality is, for example, teaching posture on an ergo, the video runs for I think four minutes and it's got a, three pages of accompanying notes that, that you can use with it. And to educate uh, a person who knows nothing about rowing, to teach them how to educate someone else about posture on an ergo, seriously, you could do it in about 10 or 15 minutes. And, and it's a really good way to get better quality outcomes, particularly on ergos, because you can get more and more people to help. And one-on-one, -on -one, or one on three, so one coach person and three athletes on ergos, uh, if you're focusing on a particular aspect of the rowing stroke, you get really good outcomes really quickly. So I suggest that it's what you should do with the resource allocation in your club or school is think really hard about how you use ergos in the program and to have them locked up by uh, senior crews, for example, doing long training sessions, you may find you get better outcomes for your whole program by using that equipment at other times of the day, lunch, before school, uh, etc., and have it so that it's used as an education tool. And if you can have them near the shed, I think you'll find that helps a lot too, particularly when the bad weather turns up, 
and you can have a really powerful session on land. So next time we're going to be talking about warm-ups, how they fit into a program, uh, you know, what's the, you know, some examples of some good ones and what we've found has some good results in the past. Uh, if you want more information on, on what we do and what we make, um, you know, please subscribe to this, this podcast and, you know, head over to our website. We've got an email list there. It's free to join up. And we send out our best videos to, to our members that way because they're really the ones who, who let us do what we do. And uh, we also have some paying memberships as well. You know, ones with one month free trial, uh, yearly memberships, group memberships, they cancel any time. Um, you know, if you have any problem with the service that you've got, it's not, not, not an issue, we'll just give you a refund. You know, we're doing it for the love of it and we want you to love it too. So if you don't, that's no problem. So if you'd like to, you know, head over to our website, decentrowing.com and, you know, we'll, we'll see you next time.